On 11-16, SEN, the Four Diego's. Danik, edge of the box, near side. Back to Georgievsky, still going. Georgievsky's down! And I think we've got a penalty. Indeed we do. Bonifacio holding his arms out, saying, I did nothing. But it looked as if he knocked Georgievsky to the ground. He got a bit physical with him. Barisha already standing on the spot, <laughs> so we know he's going to take it. That's our Barisha, hand on hips, staring. Here he goes. Barisha, got it! Bessar Barisha, 1-0 victory. He's done it again. Here's Dorjevsky again. Sorry to interrupt. Plenty of room. Acres on this near side. He flicks that into Barisha, goes down. It's another penalty. Unbelievable. This time, Dylan Fox outfoxed and gives away the penalty. Barisha again, same stance. Ball is set. Here we go. Barisha. Sends it. It's in again. Bang. Two in two minutes. Best out Barisha. That'll pan your statistics. Austin goes down. Now he's knocked down by Fox. Then he's going to and that up. could be a yellow. Yep. If that's Fox, he's gone. Yep. If that's Fox, he is gone. Two yellows. That was a breakaway. Austin, I said Barisha. It was Austin who made the, the play and then the run. And Fox knocked him down as he tried to go past and a clear yellow card easy decision for Alan Milner and it gets worse for Wellington now coming down the other end Krishna has gone in towards Lawrence Thomas penalty. and I think we may have a penalty Alan Milner kind of casually walked in and pulled the yellow card as Krishna broke in it looks like it's uh, Alan Barrow, I think, who's, we look at the replay here, it's just basically oh. taking Krishna down. That is a dead set penalty. Would out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And yeah. I don't know why that wasn't a red. That's a great He's question. about to pull the trigger. And he just chopped him down. That's a great point. Wellington with a chance to get on the scoreboard. It'll be the first goal of the year. First goal of the season. If Krishna can convert, he's ready. Thomas is ready. Krishna sends it. Goal! Just like that, Wellington Phoenix are back in this thing. It's 2-1. It's their first goal of the season. Flicks over the top. Barisha, can he control? Parkhouse is back against Barisha. Barisha pushes him down. No whistle. Still going. Here's an opportunity. And a goal from Michael Ross. And Wellington are furious. They are surrounding Alan Miller. They're absolutely ropeable that Barisha was not whistled. Their yellow cards being handed out. Doesn't matter. Goal counts. Victory three. Phoenix one. Troisi, Gary, Amazi playing a little triangle game. Troisi tries to send it through. Here's an opportunity. Wide open net, Rojas. Trent Moss got the signals mixed up. And the little man's done it again. Marco Rojas. Victory four. Wellington one. James Troisi took it away. He's got a run now by Rojas. Is he onside? Yes, he is. He's also got Barisha in there. Rojas sets it over. Barisha! He's got the hat trick. He runs over and gives his little mate a hug. Beautiful scenes.
That was the ball Marisha wanted two minutes ago. He got it that time, and he's got his hat trick. Victory five, Wellington one. Here we go, it's three on two. Rojas, Barisha, Austin. Rojas still going, splits it like a basketball fast break. Goes over to Austin, stops, shoots, go! How about that? Mitch Austin on a platter from Rojas. It's 6-1 victory. It's officially a rout. It certainly was a rout, thanks to Ed White and Grant Bebner, the uh, SEN call team. This is the Fort Diego's final whistle. Thanks for your company on, uh, what should we call it, Melbourne Cup Eve or FFA, FFA Cup Eve um, final, which is a little, little bit down the track. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. Vinny Venezuela's in the house as well. Good evening. So is uh, Warren Diego. Hello. He's excited. Looking very happy tonight. And Carlos Alberto. Hello, Rodrigo. As well. Good to see you as well. Big, big night, as you heard uh, from all the goals. Actual, we were uh, washed with goals. The highlights package is almost longer than the show. <laughs> That's right. Melbourne victory <laughs> defeated Wellington Phoenix 6-1. It was 2-0 at half time at Etihad Stadium in front of a crowd of 20,113. Barisha scored two penalties in the first half in the 19th and the 20th minute. Uh, and then Rojas, Rojas scored. He scored a double in the uh, second half, 71st and 77th. Barisha then scored in the 82nd to complete his hat-trick. And Mitch Austin scored in the 91st minute. And Krishna, the lone goal for Wellington Phoenix in the 63rd minute. Red card for uh, Wellington Phoenix. Dylan Fox was sent off. And Vinny, you called it early in the 59th minute. <laughs> it wasn't a surprise, Rodrigo. It wasn't, it wasn't a surprise. I think there was about 20,000 people at the stadium who called it early, plus, plus a million or so that are watching on TV. Dylan Fox is an Australian boy, so I can't blame the fact he's playing for Wellington Phoenix. But, mate, if you get two yellow cards, or if you two two yellow card offences leads to a red. I hope he learnt that tonight because he really should have gone way before he did. It was a huge night. It's Melbourne Victory fans' turn tonight hmm. on the final whistle because it was Melbourne City's turn on uh, Friday night. So give us a call, 9429-1116. What are we calling the hotline tonight? Oh, it's Happy Halloween hotline, isn't it? Okay, yeah. Can't we call it the Reclaim the City hotline? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> whatever you want to Is that controversial, call Rodrigo? No, no, whatever, whatever Melbourne Victory fans want to call it, or even Melbourne City fans, you want to retort 9429-1116, give us a call or send us a text message on 0433-98-1116. Tonight's show is brought to you by Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing and Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping, our trusted sponsors. Thanks for joining us, guys, and uh, we'll talk about you right throughout the show. Uh, and also, we're giving away two oh, yeah. uh, books tonight. Ange Postacoglu's mm. book. We're giving that book away twice. Are we giving away Ange, are we? <laughs> no, no, we're not giving <laughs> Ange away. Change the Game, his book, of course, is uh, is it a bestseller yet? Because it's got to be very close to. Hot off the shelves. Yeah, and that's with thanks to Football Federation Victoria, good friends of the Diego's uh, and their community and business program. If you want to sign on as a member today, uh, for 2017, go to communityandbusiness.com.au. We'll give those away to the, the, best two, callers. the two best callers in the first hour, and yep. we'll announce that uh, just before 11 o'clock. So, big, big night, 9429-1116. Some early thoughts. Early thoughts. Uh, it, <laughs> actually, I'll, I'll get Warren to start with that, but <laughs> every caller that rings tonight, and I'll get your opinions too, on Friday night, I asked our listeners and our callers and our SMSs to come up with their choice, mm. Bratton or Moy. Mm. Tonight it's going to be Who Victory event. Actually, it was pretty close. I think in the end Moy won it, Just, yes. but it was very, very close. Tonight I'll be asking every caller and uh, your, your good selves plus any SMS out there, I want to know who would you want instead uh, between these two, Rojas Barbarisus. 
Good question. Good Carlos. question. Thank you very much. I think it's very good. We Rojas weren't sure Barbaris about it on uh, Friday night, but no, no, it worked well on Friday <laughs> night. So I'm going to have another crack at it tonight. It did. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Vinny, I'd go Rojas. Well, I'll know. tell you why I go Rojas because he hasn't made as many. Not not the. He hasn't fumbled as much. He doesn't make as many mistakes. He's got better footwork and better technique, I reckon, than Costa. And just as quick. Warren, you'd be happy uh, the victory won tonight. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about Melbourne victory. And can I say to you, I'll... Well, you've got two hours show sure. tonight, mate, so you better. Sure. You're a professional. I'm not going to be I deliberately controversial. No, no, but, don't. you know, from my point of view, watching the game tonight as an impartial person, I actually experience the game much like Carlos experiences most games without an emotional, you know, an emotional input into the game because he doesn't barrack for anyone, of course. But you come out of a, a game and you look at the score sheet. It's like opening the newspaper the next morning and going, oh, 6-1, they must have been very, very good. <laughs> and I would say that I learned nothing more about the victory tonight than what I knew previously. I thought that the goals came... And they took them when the opportunities come. But most of the last three goals came off, you know, soft opportunities. So it was more about Phoenix being bad uh, than victory they, being good? Is that what you're they, saying? I don't think they would have played semi-professional pub league football tonight, the Wellington Phoenix. But the one thing that victory fans can have, they can take the score and look at the ladder and say they're third on the ladder. And I think they can take some confidence out of the game bearing in mind Melbourne City's beat up on them every time they've played them this season. <laughs> but they can go into the game against the Big Blue on the weekend against Sydney. I think they can go in with a bit of confidence. But to me, we learnt nothing about the victory tonight. If we're, if we're going back to, to my sense of them having a soft underbelly, I don't, don't think... They didn't have a soft it, underbelly. It hasn't hardened. Tonight. We know nothing more about them it than what we knew two weeks ago. A soft underbelly tends to suggest that, that they just fall apart at the moment, there's a bit of, bit, of, bit of pressure. And they've proven, other than the first game against, uh, against City in that derby a couple of weeks ago, they've been competitive in every other game. We won't know until so they play a talk quality about time, them, team don't again. Don't talk about them being a soft underbelly when they win 6-1. Tonight, yes, I granted, you can talk about the quality or the lack of quality with Wellington Phoenix. And I'll get stuck into them later on in the show. They were awful tonight. Mm. But do not accuse victory of having a soft underbelly, especially tonight. 6-1 win. They had to play what's in front of them, and they did. We've learned nothing about <laughs> the victory, Carlos. Nothing. Well, they let, were let, thrashed. The, two, the only quality team they've played this season, they've been thrashed twice. Twice. Not once, twice. Melbourne City are the only quality team they played. They beat Adelaide, who haven't, haven't won a game. They beat Adelaide in the 93rd minute who haven't won a game this season, and they're effectively playing kids. Did you watch that game? Watch the game. There were two hard teams going at each other. City would have struggled in Adelaide that night. Oh, of course. City's nearly well, struggled against course. Adelaide last week, and, and then Adelaide they beat were, Wellington. were beset by injuries. They beat Wellington. By beset. Who hadn't they, scored a goal. They were ravaged by injuries, and they were lucky to get over the line against they, Adelaide on Friday night. And they drew against no. Brisbane. I mean, Awful. we don't know anything Awful. about Awful. Melbourne victory. Nothing. Well, let's learn something, uh, yeah. Carlos and Warren and Vinny. Let's learn something off our callers tonight on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. G'day, James from Ferntree Gully. Your first man up tonight. Welcome to the show. Thanks, mate. And big, big James Brown is on the show. Um, <laughs> good to see and here. Thanks. Uh, I've had a, good, a pretty big day today. Uh, Ballarat uh, races, uh, so. 
I've had a couple of drinks. I've had a couple of John Deere's, but you know, it's all it's all good. And and this is what I'm ringing you to, like you guys for because I know that you love to hear it. Um, Jamaica, Hartnell, the Gorringes, all big numbers running in in the big race tomorrow. And and I need you to know that you know the Bondi Beach is also going to snare up. Hey James, right? James, what you, yeah. is uh? Is uh, Bar- Bessart Barisha running in the Melbourne Cup tomorrow? Maybe not. Uh, thanks for your call there, James. Really appreciate Mind that. Mind you, despite no, no. the fact he's had a couple, yeah. he, I think he's got his form right for the Cup. Actually, big Orange, Hartnell and Jamaica. He was very close. If you want to box those up, you'll do okay. Yeah, very close to what you had before the show. No, it wasn't. And, and we, will be it giving, wasn't. we will be giving you Warren's Melbourne Cup tips uh, a little bit later in the show. Very good. Much, much later in the show. Is that the standard show. of call we're having we're not for sure. the rest of the night? Or? Well, let's, let's check Eddie out from Paran. <laughs> G'day, Eddie. Welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle. G'day, boys. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys, for... Um I've been listening to you guys, no offence, talking rubbish. Now, you're, talk, <laughs> you're talking about Melbourne victory tonight. You know what we learned tonight? What did we learn? We learned that Kenny Lowe and Kevin Musket were spot on with their criticisms of the referees. Now, Melbourne victory tonight should have been playing with 10 men. Mahazi should have gone. Two minutes later, they're down. Phoenix are down 2-0 from a blatant referee mistake. Basically, tonight, the referee bottled it. He absolutely bottled it. I would Any say, Eddie, referee? no, Eddie, we did, in the green room, we talked about that moment, and we were, we thought it would, Mahazi was quite lucky to stay on the pitch for that. But I would say, with the garbage that uh, Phoenix dished up tonight, and I'll be very, very strong on that, with the with the with such poor quality and poor effort tonight, 10 men victory would have beaten them 3-1 or 4-1 tonight. Eddie? You will, nev- you will never know that. Because victory were never down to 10 men. Now, Phoenix, for 20 minutes in that second half, bossed the game around. They equalised, but irrelevant, guys. Melbourne, you'll wake up tomorrow and look at the newspaper and, and see that Melbourne victory have won 6-1. Granted, they get the three points, they go home. But the reality of it, the reality of tonight's game was the referee, once again, has played a major role in the outcome of the game. I, look, I, I don't. I don't believe that. I don't believe that the result, three points. I'm talking about. I'm not saying six one, but three points would have been victories if they'd gone down the nine minute. That's my opinion. But can can I say, Carlos, the Jose Mourinho's psychological game playing with the referee that has you in their faces, criticizing them, niggling them. I think it costs you, but it can also win you that sort of. The level of intimidation. They're human beings. You know, you're into them, whatever. It wouldn't have made any no, difference if Mahazi was should have sent gone. off tonight. He Fel- should have gone. Phoenix was ordinary Ordinary, tonight. ordinary. They were, they were actually pub league-like. I haven't called the Phoenix team a pub team for a long, long time. Tonight, sorry, even with the I star-studded agree. players they had. There were times, even Grant Bremer in the, in the call as I was driving in, listening to him, and he was... He was actually questioning the efforts of some of it, the, the better players, so-called better players, big-name stars for Phoenix. And when a professional questions the effort of another professional, that's when I start thinking, well, my gut feeling is right. Phoenix were very, very 
ordinary tonight. I have to say that both penalties that Victory got were fair penalties, and so yeah, they were. wasn't involved in it. No, no, them, no. So it was earlier that, on with the tackle on Leah. He probably he could have gone then with the second yellow. Thanks for your call there, Eddie. Let's go to Josh and East Keeler. G'day, Josh. Welcome to the final whistle. Hi. How are you, Josh? Good. Yeah, you happy? Yeah. Yeah. What was your favourite part of today? Two penalties in a row. <laughs> so that was fantastic, wasn't it? Hey, what, who, who's your favourite player at the moment? Borussia. Oh, there you go. He Borussia. can take a penalty. Will you put on your jumper tomorrow and uh, go and take two penalties in the backyard? Yeah, probably Excellent. by myself. Yeah. Oh. Who, who's going to be in goals, mum or dad? Mum. Okay, <laughs> and which side will you go, left or right? <laughs> Left, because I'm probably going to shoot to the right. Absolutely. You've got to pick your spot, apparently, the coaches used to tell me. You do. So uh, you, do, you do that, Josh, and tell us. give us a ring on Wednesday night. Josh, do you and know tell what, us uh, whether you score or not. Do you know what a pananka is? <laughs> no, I've got no idea. All right. You know, when you, did you see, you know when you chip the ball from the penalty spot over the goal, just really nice and slowly? Yeah. Chip it? Yeah. Do that. Yeah, wait for your mum to dive yeah. and then chip her over the top Yeah, of do that. All right, yeah. good, good on, on you, Josh. Well done, Good mate. on you, Josh. Uh, stay awake because you are in the running to uh, pick up uh, Ange Postacoglu's book, Change the Game. So make sure mum uh, stays awake for the night. But, uh, hey, thanks for your call and very, very happy to hear that you're happy. G'day, John from Mornington. Welcome to the final whistle. Oh, thanks, gentlemen. Um, yeah, a couple of things we learnt. No doubt Rojas this year is better than Barbarossa's last year. No doubt about that. But I think we also learnt... Um, Mitch Austin can certainly play a bit, Burrow, and with, is it, Beister coming in. The team will grow. It's a long, long, long season, and, uh, yeah, they'll be right. They'll be fine. Yeah, actually, John, it was really clear tonight when uh, Mitch Austin got the ball at feet. Early on, uh, I think it was Tratt, the, the, the boy Tratt for... Uh, for Wellington, really, I thought it was on top of him early, but then uh, Mitch just kept on just taking him on with uh, with skill and pace and started to really impose himself more and more. And I, I like the fact that he scored late in the game because it means he's stuck with his task and he's just going to get better and better. And Muskie must really um, rate him quite highly because he's playing him ahead of Ben Kalfalar at the moment. And, uh, and he's given him every opportunity since he's joined from Central Coast. I think Rojas is uh, delivering the balls across to Barisha with a little bit more accuracy than Mitch, but I think Mitch is going to step up. Mm. And I think that once Troisi uh, is back in that team, the pace of victory is going to be something to watch out for. And plus with Beisler coming in as well, it, it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, Mitch Austin is very quick for a big man. Hey, thanks for your call there, John. And let's go to John in Mooney Ponds. G'day, John. Hi, Jens. How are we? Yeah, we're very well, mate. Are you happy tonight? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We've made, you know, a couple of things. One, that uh, Warren sounds like a man who's never won a trophy. Hey. <laughs> um, now, when Trevisa came on, the game changed. Um, I'm quite actually looking at today's game. You could sort of, you know, I think you, could got, you guys must have listened to Brebner's uh, call. You know, he was spot on about Sinclair and couple of the players. Uh, I think, yeah, Troisa made a big difference, but, um, yeah, still still not overly sort of uh, convinced that we hit our straps, and I'm looking forward to the German guys, but um, one thing that's been consistent is a bad referee. Okay, he might have not been 6-1. I, I mean, we would have uh, got the three points, I believe, but, um, yeah, some of the refereeing. I mean, Burrow, we, we should have had a red card, um, and maybe the third goal, you know, Give give or take, but 
yeah, look, we've had a couple of coaches speak out during the week. A bit of honesty, and unfortunately, just proved them correct. Another refereeing decision, another uh, refereeing, um, yeah, performance that probably, yeah. Good on you. Okay. Look, the the player I reckon that made made the big difference for the victory in the first half was Daniel Georgievsky. I, I think that they wouldn't have had the two penalties without his forward movement. And I think he's uh he was just uh he was the first one for victory to actually go 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 for broke and just Mm. Uh, play aggressively. He had a lot and, of room to move. I, and he had a lot yeah. of room to move. I don't move. think anyone was uh, doing their defensive duties on him anyway. He had a heap of the ball. Uh, but he's, before you go there, John, we've got the, the survey. He's gone. He's gone, Oh, Carlos. he's gone. Okay. Yeah, no, he's gone. Yeah, the uh, Rojas Bar... Actually, text us in, John, from Mooney Ponds. Uh, Rojas or Barbarousas? Hey, uh, Warren, bef- uh, just just hold on to that thought because it's a really interesting one because now it's time for Vinny's Best on Ground. <laughs> now give me a beat. Vinny's Best on Ground. With thanks to Best on Plumbing, Victoria's trusted plumbing and drainage experts. Over 26 years they've been around. Go to beston.net.au or call 1300 Best on. They are so busy at the moment that if, if you are a plumber and you're looking to go to a reputable firm, give them a call, 1300 Best on, and you might get a gig. Vinny Venezuela. I could give it to Rojas and I could give it to Best, but I'm going to give it to Daniel Georgievsky because... For what I said two seconds ago, I think that uh, at the start of the game, he was the one taking it on and he was showing me what the victory of old looked like when they were aggressive and confident. And I think that that confidence is going to just seep into this squad, particularly after the, the scoreline this evening. So I'm going to give it to Daniel and plus the shoulder. I, you know, he needs something to make yeah. him feel good about the shoulder. Yeah, you've got a fair hip and shoulder there on the, Absolutely. On the wing at Eddie Head Stadium. So congratulations. Thank you very much there, Vinny. That's the best on plumbing, best on ground. Hey, uh, if... Please, we, we get, we're get, getting so many calls at the moment. Stay on the line because uh, we'll come straight to your calls right after this break on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Thanks for joining us on this Monday night. It is the Four Diego's final whistle on a night where Melbourne victory defeated Wellington Phoenix 6-1. Barisha scored a hat-trick, Rojas scored twice and Austin chipped in with the goal in the 91st minute, and Krishna scored for Wellington Phoenix in front of a crowd of 20,113 people at Etihad Stadium. Uh, it was a good win by victory, and uh, we've got so many callers just waiting on the line, 9429-1116. We'd love to hear from you. But uh, we've got a caller actually on the line, uh, a former Diego, actually. Uh, <laughs> Michael Zappone. G'day, Zappers, and welcome to the show. Gentlemen, I love driving home when you're on the radio. <laughs> oh, we love having you, uh, yes. Michael, but you're ineligible to win um, Angie's book tonight because, uh, you know, it's reserved uh, for, for us. Uh, I've read it. It's great. So uh, keep on ringing because it's worth the, worth the prize. Now, Muskie, it's Carlos. Muskie. Oh, sorry, Muskie. Muskie. <laughs> Zappa, sorry. I, I keep on seeing you and Muskie together. I just get you mixed up. Uh, Zappers, now, Muskie was a little bit uh, testy with speed, uh, Brendan Speed, before the game, when he was asked about uh, Seb Pasquale and, uh, and going over to Ajax. And, of course, that was a question that needed to be asked because, of course, all the vi- uh, viewers want to know the answer to it. Was he a little bit uh, less testy after the game? Because I didn't get a chance to see the, the coach's interview. Yeah, he was a lot more relaxed after the game. And you can understand why, given uh, the results tonight and... Uh the reasoning behind Pasquale is, I think, you know, the, the young man uh, wants an opportunity overseas and uh, inform the club today. And 
and Melbourne Victory then made the decision, well, if he's only going to be around another week or two, then uh, he can uh, go with, uh, with our blessing, but we won't include him in, in the match day squad tonight, and that, and that was the reasoning behind that decision today. And in the end, it proved probably the right one, given uh, the result in the end. It wasn't it was a tough night for Melbourne Victory. The result, probably uh, not a fair reflection of the, the full 90 minutes, but you have to ask some questions about Wellington Phoenix. Mm. Eight losses in a row now, when you take into account the last four games of last season and the first four games of this season, some huge uh, question marks over that squad and uh, their ability to, to win a game of football. And at the moment, Finkler and Barbarousas are finding it tough to make an impact. Zappa Zavini here. How much did uh, Muskie owe the win to the, the, the squad vis-a-vis the poor performance of uh, Phoenix? I think, you know, when Wellington got that goal back and they were 2-1, the game was actually in the balance, and I thought Wellington were playing the better football in the second half, and uh, Melbourne Victory found it tough uh, during that period. But the defining moment of the game for me was Bessar Parish's challenge on, on Parkhouse, and I thought it probably could have been a foul by Barisha, uh, but in the end, the ball spilled loose, and, and Rojas uh, was brilliant uh, to nutmeg Andrew Durante and then finish it uh, for, to make it 3-1. And, and that, for me, was the defining moment of the game. And, and then from that point, Robbie Slater made the point in our post-game show that uh, he felt like there were quite a few players out there in the Wellington Phoenix lineup that quick. And, and you don't often mm. uh, hear uh, that sort of assessment from uh, you know an ex-professional footballer. It's really harsh words, but... You have to uh, you have to ask yourself the question. You know, the last twenty minutes they they did capitulate, and uh, that that for me would be probably the most worrying thing for for Ernie Merrick. Could Ernie Merrick's job be on the line? Because that's the second uh, professional that I've heard tonight talk about other professionals not trying. And we had Greg Bremer on the SEN coverage saying it during the broadcast, and now Robbie Slater. These guys don't easily say things like that. Uh, they're, they're, as I said, uh, good professionals who long, had long careers and they don't usually turn on other professionals. And, and I think they were he was earmarking the likes of Bonavaccia and even Finkler and uh, Barbarousas at times and, and Krishna falling to the ground way too easily and not having a second effort. Uh, could this be maybe a, a sign that maybe Ernie Merrick's job might be up for grabs? Well, you know, they're, they're on their worst losing streak in, in the club's history. They've never lost eight games in a row and, and uh, that's where they're sitting at the moment. So I'm not sure what the relationship is with, with the board, uh, but I'm sure they'll be asking some pretty tough questions uh, over the next week. And they've got Newcastle in their next game and then they lose uh, their internationals again. So, uh, you know, you know, football's can turn on fine margins. And you think about last weekend against Sydney FC, uh, they were really unlucky not to come away from that game with anything. Um, so they've had a really tough start to the season. So it's, uh, you know, another loss and, uh, you know, they'll be asking some serious questions, I reckon. Zappers, Warren here. I don't want to take, the, take too much of the focus away from the game, but I'm wondering about the quality of refereeing and the roulette that is the yellow card this season in terms of a sense that, you know, it's hard to it's hard to know what's a yellow, and particularly around second yellows and sending offs. And we know that changes the nature of the game, and could have really been ten versus ten tonight. You spend a lot of time watching the game from very close quarters. There's been criticism of the of the referees this week, particularly from Kenny Lowe and, and Kevin Musket. Where do you see the quality of the officiating in the A League at the start of this season? Yeah, I think it's been inconsistent, and that's and that's probably disappointing given 
you know, we've, we've turned to full-time refereeing now and, uh, and a lot of these decisions are being made by those who, who are in full-time uh, positions. So all we ask for is consistency. I didn't have too, ma- uh, too many issues with the Alan Barrow decision. I thought, uh, given the, 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 the slight change to the rule this year, uh, Alan Barrow and Melbourne Victory were punished by a yellow card and by the awarding of a penalty. And that's been the tweak to that rule this year. So I was OK with that. But, gee, there were some tough challenges right throughout the game, which probably could have been more harshly dealt with tonight. Hey, Michael, uh, before we let you go, what about uh, Daniel Georgievsky? You wanted to uh, just have a, a quick word about him. What did you make of his yeah, well, game? That was the reason. I, I called in just because I heard you talk about his shoulder and uh, I spoke to him after the game and he mentioned to me that uh, he felt like it was the collarbone and, and he feared that he had fractured it. So wow. if that's the case, that's, uh, that's bad news for him and for Melbourne Victory. James Terissi did a similar thing in round one. And uh, he came back earlier than expected, but uh, it was still a good three to four week uh, layoff for Teresi. So if that's the case, uh, expect Georgievski uh, to miss at least uh, two to three weeks. And I did ask Kevin Musket about Maxi Beister as well, or Beister, depending on where you're from. <laughs> and uh, uh, he won't take any part in Sydney's what Muskie told us um, against uh, Sydney FC in the Big Blue, but perhaps the week after we might see some game time from him. Okay, he's a big loss because he, he gives them some some run and some you know good energy. Um, Given that they've, they've lost yeah. uh, Scotty Galloway yeah. too in the last couple of weeks. Hey, Michael, before we let you go, um, we're asking all of our callers tonight who call in, and uh, you happen to call in. So, <laughs> Rojas or Barbarousas? Oh, Marco Rojas for me. I, I, I thought you know in his first stint at Melbourne victory he was sensational, and uh, I don't think he's lost anything as a footballer at all. And uh, uh, he's still a young young man, and I think he's got a huge future ahead of him. And, and uh, he was brilliant tonight. Look, look at the, the touch that uh, set up his goal, which is the nutmeg on Andrew Durante was brilliant. And sitting next to Archie Thompson, I'm not name dropping, but sitting next to Archie <laughs> Thompson tonight, even that second goal he scored, Archie was, was uh, full of praise for it. He said it's, it's, it looked like a tapping, but it wasn't an easy chance. He hit it, had to hit it first time. It was a long way out from goal. Yes, it was an open goal, but um, to hear that from Archie just put, puts that finish into context as well. I think he's a great player, Marco Rojas. There you go. Um, I was sitting next to Vinny Venezuela, so um, <laughs> <laughs> one all. Hey, <laughs> thanks for your time tonight, and uh, mate, more than welcome to call in any time. Thanks for your time, Michael's opponent. Yep. Keep up the great work. Thanks, guys. Thanks, mate. There's uh, Zapponi from uh, Fox Sports and SEN's very own. And the status so far with the Rojas Barbarossa survey, 6-0 for Rojas. Yeah. You know, though, I tell you, it's almost bird-in-the-hand sort of stuff. You know, we like what we see immediately in front of our faces. And, you know, I think Rojas leaves left the victory under such euphoria, won the Johnny Warren medal. He was the best player in the competition. I get a sense that you know, we see him back and we remember what he was. Barbarousas was a great player for Melbourne Victory. And look, I'd probably go Rojas myself, but <laughs> Barbarousas. <laughs> Why is that, uh, Warren? Because he's a better player, but uh, Barbarousas is a good player too. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Hey, you've been so patient on the line. Con in Doncaster, you're first up. Welcome to the final whistle. Yeah, g'day, boys. How are you going? Yeah, very good. What do you make of tonight? Oh, look, uh, Wellington were poor. Let's, um, let's, I think we all agree on that. Um, I like the width of Georgeski. I like, I think he got, he got, uh, wide many times and, uh, and pressed forward and, um, caused, um, a few headaches. Um, yeah, I did too. I thought he was good. But he, he was given a lot of latitude there, Con, by the, uh, by Krishna not tracking back and not, 
Well, I'm not sure whether Ernie's just giving him license just to stay forward and cheating, but he certainly didn't have anyone running back and putting any pressure on him. And he actually had all the room in the world and created a lot in that first half. So you can only do what the opposition allows you to do. So uh, George exactly Jeffsey right. for me, was fantastic. That's exactly right. And I think uh, Wellington gave victory too much room, especially on the wings. Uh, uh, look, at the end of the day, you have to hit the back of the net. I think uh, victory did that. Um, they probably didn't play the best, um, their best football, but um, they they punished Wellington, and I think that's what they can take out of the game, that they can actually punish a side that's giving them the space. You know, and, and I think that's uh, an important factor. I think I think we've got the ability to score many goals this year. Um, I like Ansel in the back. I think Ansel creates... Uh, he, a bit more uh, structure in the back for, for victory. Um, Teresi came on and um, spread the ball and, and, and did what he do, does best, and that's being a playmaker. Good on um, you, Con. Uh, Con what, what would you give them out of 10 tonight? Look, uh, you know, 6 ones. You, you'll read it tomorrow and you'll think 6 ones are, you know, a top effort. For me, 7 out of 10. I, you know, there's a few nods in here, mate. There's a few nods in here about yeah, that. They did the job. Yeah. They did the job. But let's not get carried away. Next week's a big game. You know, Troese is going to be the key for us. He's been he's yeah. been out for a couple of weeks. We need to get control in the midfield. We we haven't really had control in the midfield. There were patches tonight where we didn't play our best. And uh, yeah, Wellington was in the game for a for a fifteen or twenty minutes. You know, and it could have been a different scoreline. Yeah. Hey, um, Con, before you let you go, Con, uh, Rojas or Barbarousas? Rojas or Barbarousas? Look, on tonight's effort, I think everyone's going for Rojas. Not, for, not on tonight's effort, mate, <laughs> because it's, it's just, it's always going to be very. But what do you think, just generally? Uh, oh, you've look, I, you've I seen both. Rojas is, uh, tonight was best on ground. I think Rojas is more clinical. I'll take Rojas over Barber, but. Um, Let's revisit it in a few weeks' time. Fair call there, <laughs> Good Con. On you, mate. Hey, mate, stay listening because uh, we're giving away Andrew's book with thanks to Football Federation Victoria. Let's go to Patrick in Mount Martha. Good day, Patrick, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, hello. Hello. How are you going? You, you happy? What would you make of tonight, Pat? It was good, but there's one point in the game which was for victory. Yep. And that's the one point in the game which was good, which was the sending off for Washington. Yeah, and Dylan Fox. Yeah, to tell you the truth, Patrick, whether they lost that player or not wouldn't have made any difference for me. I mean, people are giving Wellington some credit, uh, you know, the 15 minutes where they were in the game or whatever. Really, at that level, the way they played in that first half, the way they finished off, even with 10 men, uh, I thought they were disgraceful tonight, Wellington. And uh, I've not called a Newcastle team, uh, sorry, a, a, a New Zealand team, a pub team for a long, long time. But tonight... They played pub-like football with some quality players in that team. Bonavazia, Finkler, Barbarousas, they're good players. And by the way, Patrick, when you're old enough to go to a pub, you know exactly <laughs> what Carlos is talking about. So, Patrick, who would you rather, Rojas or Barbarousas? Rojas. Okay. By the way, this, this survey is when they're both at their best, <laughs> not just on tonight, okay? Anyway, good on you, Patrick. All right, good on you, Patrick. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Dave in Ferntree Gully. We've got a full board of calls. G'day, Dave. G'day, boys. How are you going? Yeah, Good, very mate. well, mate. How are you going? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Look, I lost my um, 
great uncle today, and he's been a long-time caller to SEN, so I thought I'd call up in um, his tribute. What was his name, mate? Sorry to hear that. His name's Dave. Oh, good on you, Dave. Well, um, mate, Valet, and, uh, yeah. you know, have you got any thoughts on today's game in his honour? Yes, because he's a massive victory supporter. And um, to see the boys win 6-1 is just incredible for, for me, Uncle. Like, sorry, boys. I'm... No, that's all right, mate. No, that's all right. Look. It's a big day for the family, but to see him, um, to see the boys win today, it's just been it's just been so special for me and my family. And you've and, been a um, victory. Your family been a victory family for a long time, Dave. Yes, since they come into the comp. And yeah, it's just been tough today, but you know, my uncle Dave, he just loves every minute of it. Um, thank you heaps for taking my call. Good on you, Dave. I'm glad you enjoyed it and uh, hope the family takes uh, some a little bit of joy with the difficult day you've had. Good on you, Dave. Thanks, mate. And, uh, yeah, Vale, Dave, uh, regular caller of SEN. Mm. Let's go to Michael in Nidri. G'day, Michael. Welcome to the show. G'day, Diego. How are you? Good, mate. Good, mate. Just driving home from the game, um, good to get a win on the board. Just want to get your thoughts. I'm, I really think Oli Bazanic is struggling big time. And, and I think when Teresi came on, he, he really showed him up in the midfield. Uh, I think he's been struggling for a while, Ollie. Just uh, wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, just you know, you know, I really like Ollie Bazanich, but he's just he doesn't seem to be the damaging player he was at Central Coast. Uh, he was at times in uh, the Swiss League when he was playing over there. He's not there. the World Cup, Oli Bezanic, yeah, yeah, is remember, he? Remember we were, Game against yeah, Holland yeah, in came on and against also Holland. Spain. He, was, he was actually one of the best players on the park uh, when he played in that game. Uh, you know, I just don't know where they're playing him in the right spot. They keep on playing him as an attacking type player when I think he's got to come from deep. And when you, when he's playing more as a, a link player and maybe that Finkler role, I just don't think he can play that as well. But if you get him motoring around in the back half, in front of the back four, and, and maybe coming in from, from deep, uh, maybe you'll get the better of him there. But, you know, Muskie's uh, you know, the coach of the team. He knows them well. And uh, I, I just don't know whether he's settled. At, uh, he just doesn't seem to have settled at victory, and he's been there now a couple of years. Thanks for your call there, Michael. Really appreciate that. Uh, make sure you're listening because you're in the running to win uh, Angie's book, uh, Change the Game. Now it's time for Warren's Tax Audit. Warren's Football Tax Audit. With thanks to Tax Talk, we love to talk tax. Call 1-300-366-639. Is that you doing the stings, Rodrigo? Because your voice drops a couple of octaves. It's yes, very yeah, impressive. Yeah, yeah. Very, very <laughs> impressive. But this is tax audit time. And look, we'll go with the obvious because the obvious is pretty obvious. We're going to audit. We're going to audit the whole of Wellington. <laughs> Not just the team. We're going to audit the, <laughs> the board. City, the we're city gonna, of Wellington. We're going to audit the city of Wellington because fair income, the cake tin and the fans that are prepared to get their kid off <laughs> at 80 minutes when they're in front, they'd be absolutely devastated. And you know what? This is potentially, on paper, the classiest collection of players ever put together by Wellington in the history of of them in the competition. And for the... De- they were insipid. <laughs> they were. Insipid performance tonight. And we've got... To, I, I blame... I don't blame Ernie. Okay. I blame the city. <laughs> city. You've I gone blame the city. macro. You, you've gone for the macro yeah, tax because order. the macro, we know... <laughs> the air's too fresh there. In terms there. of when we audit things, 
We're looking at the macro and mm. how it impacts on the micro. Correct. And as such, Wellington, <laughs> the town, the club, everything gets ordered tonight. Can you say think globally? And in fact, it needs to be audited. It's probably too big a job. No, maybe not. The boys at Tax Talk could probably do a macro <laughs> audit like <laughs> this. Absolutely. But we might need to go to one of the bigger firms to get that done as well. No, no. T- um, no, no, Tax Talk, tax talk can do the all thing. the big, yep. big stuff. So thank well, you very much there, Warren. It's a big job. The City of Wellington has been audited. one three hundred three double six six three nine. Give Tax Talk a call. Let's give it let's take a break and if you're on the line, please stay on the line. We'll come to you straight after the break. This is the Four Diego's final whistle on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of football. On eleven sixteen SEN, the Four Diego's. Thanks for joining us on the final whistle. Melbourne victory defeated Wellington Phoenix 6-1. Bessar Parisha scored a hat-trick. Rojas scored a brace. That's what they say when you score two goals. <laughs> and Austin scored a goal in the 91st minute. Krishna scored a penalty for Wellington in front of 20,113 at Eddie Had Stadium. Yes, Warren? I was just going to say, and Carlos, you might be able to answer this for us, for me after. What's the, the mechanics around making a decision as to who takes penalties? And do you agree with my premise that a guy who says it's his sole responsibility, it's selfish? Bess should have at least. If you ever... If you no, ever, how does it work? No, seriously. No, this is a serious sometimes, question. Well, sometimes how does it there, work? There's a couple of different philosophies. Generally, what happens is the, the, the coach announces before the game everyone's jobs. You know, who marks who at corners, all that sort of stuff, and who takes the penalties. It's generally accepted that that person stays a penalty taker until they miss a couple, then they might change someone. But then there's other coaches who turn around and say, well, if you feel exceptionally confident at that moment, you just grab the ball. Whoever grabs it first puts it down and takes it. Uh, So it depends. And we've seen... Mm arguments over penalty takers because, of course, there's a clash of philosophies. Oh, arguments. Timmy and Bruno, they're yeah, going to clash. Absolutely. But how is, it to, is, it, is there a, a process of elimination done on the practice Sometimes. Field? I mean, they just, they just maybe there's I think a... It's, rock, paper, scissors, yeah. And I think it's selfish of Barisha yeah. to think that he's the sole penalty taker for the victory. It's like the you arguments do, you take we one. have pre-show who's going to do the weather. It's the same thing. <laughs> Why no do you argument. always get it, Warren? No Why? <laughs> We've got uh, a number Clearly of callers who have been very, very patient. We need to get uh, to these callers. Felix Felix is in Summerhill. G'day, Felix. How are we, boys? We're well. Thanks for holding on. No worries. Uh, now, I only just joined in as you were starting the show, and which one of the Diego's was carrying on about not playing against an opposition? Oh, that, was, that, oh, that would have been me. Warren. That was me. Thanks now, for... Um, it's Warren, actually. Ned? Now, what Felix. Warren, Felix. I, I yes. Appreciate, uh, I appreciate that um, you do know about football, but... Look, oh, I'm, thanks. Uh, no, no, he doesn't know much at all. <laughs> thanks for that. Keep going. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 10-year member of Melbourne Victory, and mm-hmm. when I say I'm diehard, I'm diehard. Yep. I, I, go to, I go to training, I go to open training sessions, I watch them, I chat to the players. Keep in mind that Melbourne Victory have basically lost their core from last season, and they've got a whole group of new players that still need to gel together, and you can't take that away from them. It's going to take time. You know, like last season and the past few seasons, they've been electric with one-touch football. They know where their they know where their teammates are. They know where the ball needs to go. They understand that the right hand knows what the left hand's doing, and that just takes time. And I understand they were very poor against City, but they showed heart against against Adelaide, and they were impressive tonight in the way they worked together. And I think that that's the most important thing, regardless of the opposition that they played, the way that they interacted together, I think was very impressive. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. You know, Felix, fair cop, actually. I still I still don't think that 
you get back your players, you get your um, you get your connection going, and everything that you've said. I still don't think they're going to be quite good enough this season, whether it be Sydney or City. But I, I get your point, and with the new German guy coming in, I think you know the only the only way is really up. I would say for Melbourne victory, but I still think they're missing components of their game that's going to mean that they're just off the pace this season. Felix, I'm going to make an executive decision mm. here. Um, sure. You've picked up one of Ange Postacoglu's books, Change the Game, with thanks to Football Federation Victoria's community and business, mate. Great call. Uh, stay on the line, mate. We'll get your details. And uh, no, you were patient and uh, you delivered, <laughs> mate. Well done. Thank you very much. Thanks, boys. There's Felix, a long-term Melbourne victory supporter. We've still got a book to give away, so, so you know, not everyone's out of the uh, running here. Ned in Warrandyte. G'day, Ned. Hey, um, Diego. I just want to say thanks for taking my call. Oh, our pleasure. Um, I just wanted to mention how much, uh, how better, how much better it is to um, finally have Troisi back because we've been missing uh, someone to play the ten role. Because, uh, and I feel as if Troisi and Rojas will link up really well together. He actually, uh, Nettie did up. actually add a lot when he came on, and uh, they've missed him. Uh, yeah, missed him deeply uh, while he's been away with the shoulder injury, but. Uh, uh, look, it remains to be seen. They need a they need a, a settled team, and he needs to be putting a couple of games together. Well, I think that those could, I think they give Sydney a scare this week in Sydney. I think uh, the Big Blue is one uh, game where they can you know release the shackles and go at them, and then I think we'll see uh, the be- the best of victory there. Thanks for your call there, Ned. Uh, stay listening. Hey, Scott in Craigieburn. Before we go to the break, Scott. Afternoon, three amigos and Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's I pretty good. It's good to follow two calls who know what they're talking about <laughs> after a few other blokes just sound like they were waffling on. Just a quick thing to Felix, well said, mate. And another thing, Warren has got no idea what he's talking about. It's like, Listening to Warren's like having a root canal done with no anaesthetic. <laughs> um, just a couple of quick points. You've got 30 seconds, uh, mate. Yeah, okay, a couple of quick points. Um, um, between Barbarossus and Rojas, it's like choosing between... Kincheski and Carrier, it's just, there's no competition. I mean, Barbarous has got pace, that's all he's got. His crossing is useless. But he is great, he's a very good goal scorer, and, but he's a bit wasteful. A couple of things I learned from tonight. Um, Mahazi should have definitely been sent off with his first challenge. His second challenge, that you said that he should have got a second yellow for, it's a bit hard to get a second yellow when the referee calls play on and he's got the ball and mm. then he stops it because of an injury. You can't get sent off for that. It's impossible. Hey, yeah. mate, um, Scott, we're going to have to leave you there because we're going to have to go to the news, mate. I'm really sorry, but thanks for your call. So stay listening because you're in the running to win Angie's book. Let's take a break now and come back with uh, more of the Diego's After the News on 1116 SEN. <laughs> On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Rodrigo Rodriguez here, Vinny Venezuela is here as well, so is Warren Diego and Carlos Alberto Diego. In for the second hour of the final whistle after Melbourne victory 
absolutely thrashed Wellington Phoenix 6-1. Bessart Barisha scored a hat-trick tonight in the 19th minute and the 20th minute. Both of those were penalties. uh, And then he scored one in the 82nd minute. And Rojas scored uh, two before that in the 71st and the 77th minute. And Mitch Austin scored a lovely goal in the 91st minute to make it six. Krishna scored in the 63rd minute with a penalty at Etihad Stadium tonight in front of a decent crowd of 20,113. For the record, Dylan Fox for Wellington Phoenix was sent off tonight uh, in, with the second yellow card in the 59th minute. Big, big game. I think uh, our listeners tonight are giving victory about a 7 out of 10, mostly, um, given that uh, you know they, they played well, but they can get better. And uh, we're taking your calls tonight, 94291116. Uh, we've still got one book to give away with thanks to uh, Football Federation Victoria's Community and Business. And if you want to sign on as a member, it's a fantastic initiative uh, Make sure you sign on at communityandbusiness.com.au for 2017. They're open now. Yes, Warren? I was going to say, has anyone on the Diego's had a root canal before? Yes, yes, I've had <laughs> Does it hurt? Not, not really. When you, so when... what was that guy saying before the break about a well, root it, canal it can. without anesthetic? No, I don't know what it means. Well, with anesthetic, it's it very does. painful. Was that... they, they got to clean out your tooth before they, yeah, they kill it. Yeah, it's actually very, very painful. So he was and, being and critical. And so suggesting yeah. listening to you is very painful. So that was criticism. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Pri- could, prior to the extraction ask, of the nerve, uh, it does hurt a little can bit. Can I yes. just ask for victory fans, to, if they're going to ring up and be critical, can they make it a little bit more obvious and not as obtuse as that? Because no, I don't understand. Everyone here got it, Warren. Root canal, the words sound painful. Why wouldn't you know that that's a painful procedure? With a bit of Novocaine and you're sort of okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey, um, we've got uh, some callers to get through and they've been very patient, so I'm going to do that right off the bat here. Let's go to David in Tatura. G'day, David. Want to talk about uh, um, Georgievsky. G'day, David. Hola, hombres. How hey, going? not bad. Hola nice to you. Nice part of the world, Tatura. It is. Very yeah, nice. Beautiful part of the world, mate. If you like tomatoes. Now, <laughs> I got a little bit emotional about 40 minutes ago. Now, I've calmed down a bit. Good. But, Georgeski, uh, you gave him man of the match. I did. Now, it was me. No, Vinny did. Was it Vinny? Right. Yeah. Now, Vinny. Take it easy. <laughs> in 55 minutes, he played for 55 minutes. Quality. What? Now, in all honesty, with all due respect to the boy, and I don't like rubbishing people, but he's an MPL player. He's not an A-League player. <laughs> oh, I am sorry to say, I can't believe that Musket re-signed him for this year. I thought after last year was enough. But for whatever reason, Melbourne victory, in my opinion, the weaknesses are the fullbacks. Garrier this year, he's a good player. But he's, he's out of form. Georgeski's not a good player. The A-League, I'm sorry to say. And how you gave him best on ground is beyond me. Well, I can explain it if you'd like. <laughs> Go for it, mate, because I'm Well, I'm the, well no, because I'll tell you I why. I'll tell you. another game. Yeah, no, 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 you weren't watching. You saw the same game. The the two penalties that we got, right, the, he made them. He, he His forward pressing run created the, the errors that forced the fouls, that created the penalties. And so up until that point in the game, I felt that he was probably, he was given license to, to move. He wasn't being marked, but I thought he was playing really proactively and aggressively. And so I thought that was really good because... Victory have lacked a lot of that confidence uh, coming from the midfield going forward. So that's what I liked, and that's that's why I gave him the votes. And then he, he got the injury, and I, I thought he, he deserved something for that. And it's David, Vinny can actually look after himself a bit, but just to, just to also say that the Fox Sports team, I think in their 3-2-1, had Georgeski as one of the top three players in the park too, and he only played 55 minutes. I understand what you're saying about him at times. He does give the ball away a bit, and he, but he's so super competitive, and I think that's why Muskie prefers him to a, maybe a more cultured player back there because he's super competitive, and he gets stuck in, and he'll run all day for you, and uh, 
And, you know, he, he's just a bloke who's so combative and I think Musk is almost in the musky mould and I think that's why he keeps on playing him. Good on. I, I hear what you're saying. The first penalty wasn't a penalty. Let's, let's get that straight. Well, it was, and he scored. <laughs> well, it wasn't a penalty. <laughs> you're not going to take yeah, it. Yeah, no, I think everyone agrees it was, Dave. But, I mean, that's okay. It's, it's opinion. People's opinion. Right, that's fine. Second of all, in my opinion, right, he gives away more than what he actually achieves in, in terms of possession. And I don't want to pop the bloke, but at the end of the day, he's not up to... If you want to win the A-League, he's not going to be your man. I'm sorry to say. But I, th- I think he did play for a, a premiership team for victory a few years ago, mate. And he's played in FA Cup finals and uh, FFA Cup finals and stuff like that. So, mate, look, people, you know, you know, they look at a player and they make their decision on him. And we respect your opinion there, Dave. Not, not, to, not that we would necessarily agree, but, uh, but everyone's entitled to opinion. Absolutely. Good on you, Dave. Thanks for your call. Hey, um... Look, it's, uh, we're on the final whistle, of course, and it's always nice to get a, a player who was in action tonight and uh, very gratefully joined by Nick Ansell from Melbourne Victory. G'day, Nick, and welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle. Hey, guys. Thanks for that. How are you feeling after that? That was an absolute uh, trouncing tonight. Uh, how'd you pull up after tonight? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it, it couldn't have gone any better for us and um, all the boys were really happy with the performance and I think everyone's pulled up fine besides Georgeski obviously uh, I think he's a little bit sore but um, yeah everyone else has put up fine Nick, uh, Vinny Venezuela here we were talking on the show before about uh, who gets to take the penalties, were you ever a chance? Could you have gone to, to Bess Artbrush and say Bess, I'll take it tonight? <laughs> uh, nah, I don't think I'll, I'll ever have a chance against Bess he'll uh, runs up and grabs it straight away so I think uh, he'll be the only one taking, taking uh, penalties this this year, that's for sure. <laughs> Nick, it's Carlos. Uh, congratulations on your game, mate. And when you do play uh, and you're not, you know, got head injuries and so forth, you're really so solid back there for the for the victory team. Um, did you have a few words with Costa Barbarusis and uh, Guy Finkler at all during the game? Uh, and were they kind words if you did? <laughs> um, yeah, I had a few words to Guy before the, before the game, just uh, as friends, really. I mean... Obviously, we have a lot of respect for those two players. I mean, um, they were in the winning uh, championship team when I was playing with them as well. So, obviously, there's massive respect there. And I think we all just went about our own our own game tonight. And, you know, I don't think we really needed to say much to them with the result in, in the end anyway. So, yeah. Nick Warren here. I'm just wondering how you and the team feel like you're progressing through the season. We know how the season started with a late draw against Brisbane and then obviously the um, the derby performance. But since then, really only the, the, the loss in the FFA Cup semi-final. Do you feel like the team's improving gradually throughout the season, both in terms of obviously results, but the performance as well? Yeah, definitely. I think um, obviously the start of the season didn't go the way we wanted. And um, Tonight, I think we we had a great performance, and yeah, I think the team's definitely getting better and better. And it's only round four, and we've just put in a performance like that and really dominated a team. So that's only going to give us confidence going on to the following following weeks as well. That's for sure. Nick, uh, at half time, uh, you guys were you had a good lead. You you had the two penalties in the net. What were the instructions given by Kevin, and uh, was he looking for anything different to occur? Uh, no, I think. Uh, the, the first five minutes, we lost lost a bit of our, our way and um, 
you know, we let them come back into the game with that that penalty. But uh, I think after that, we took control, um, especially when they got that red card and um, really took the game game to them. And we just tried to play the same way as we did in the first half and um, high pressure and high tempo game. Now, Nick, I was also wondering about your own performance. I'm wondering as a as a professional footballer, we know that you've had difficulties with injuries over a period of time. How difficult is it to come back and get into the rhythm of playing at the A-League? Because we know it improves every season and you miss large chunks of it. It must be a real challenge to get back in to the run and the rhythm of a competition that's improving year on year. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I've had a, a few spells that have kept me out of out of action for a while and it's just been my foot really. But this year I've been lucky enough to um, get it the full pre-season under my belt and really um, probably been the fittest I've ever been while, while playing for the victory. So um, definitely those times when you're out, I think you just have to work hard to get to get back into the team, obviously. And after a few games, it, it comes back to you. But um, this year I've been lucky enough to get the full pre-season under my belt. And yeah, I've probably from the best I have felt in, in the victory colours, that's for sure. Now, Nick, we've watched you as a young kid break into the team a few years ago and now almost a mainstay of that central defence, but you did have a, a great uh, you know, partnership when you were playing and you weren't injured with uh, Matthew Delpierre uh, last season. Can you tell us what it was like playing with him and also the legacy he's left with you personally as a, as a centre-half of uh, who's got a great future ahead of yourself? Yeah, um, obviously he's probably one of the best centre-backs I'll ever get to play with and obviously I have a massive respect from him and uh, he he taught me a lot while I was playing next to him. He's very um, a calm central defender with his passing was um, on another level compared to any other defender in the A-League and he definitely showed his class while he was here and um, yeah, obviously just have massive respect for him and um, yeah, he's a great player and probably one of the best central defenders the victory will ever have, that's for sure. And Nick, uh, the the new boy Maximilian uh, Beister, uh, the, yeah. the German boys come in. Have you seen much of him? I know we've seen the highlights reel. We've seen the video on uh, on YouTube, and he looks absolute uh, like an absolute gun scoring goals. Uh, have you seen any of that quality at training yet? Yeah, well, um, we haven't seen too much because he just got here this week, but. Yeah, the highlight highlight uh, package looks really good. So hopefully, he can do a couple of them in the season for us. And and Nick, uh, with uh, uh, Bessart Bruce's uh, getting the hat trick and getting the match ball, if you took that ball from his locker and hit it, <laughs> how would that go down? Yeah, yeah, I'm not too sure, but I'd probably be running the other way. That <laughs> give it a go, live a bit. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> Nick, obviously you're a young guy and uh, you have designs at some stage during your career to go overseas and play professionally over there. Would you? Did you ever cross your mind seeing that Seb Pasquale just uh, announced to Kevin Muskin and the club he's going, that maybe you'd put your transfer request in this week? <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Seb's a, a great player, so, um, you know, I wish him all the best and... Um, yeah, obviously, all the young players have aspirations to, I guess, head over to Europe when they can. And, um, yeah, just at the moment, just focusing on 
um, this year and, and, and see how it goes, really. Mate, I reckon if you did that, Kevin Musket would be at the airport, <laughs> not letting you through customs. He'd be there. You know that stare he gets, you know, yeah. when you might not have done something right? I reckon you'll get that plus. Yeah, I've seen the stare before, that's for sure. I'm sure you have. <laughs> Believe it or not, the Diego's have seen that stare. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for your time, Nick. Uh, congratulations on your performance and uh, congratulations on the team's performance. It was an emphatic win. And, uh, you know, you're sitting pretty in third place, even though it's only after four games, but you're sitting uh, very pretty in the top uh, three in the A-League this season. Congratulations and good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, guys. There's uh, Melbourne Victory star defender Nick Ansell. Good to speak to one of the players on the final whistle. Yeah, he was nice. Hey, uh, Vince has been waiting for quite a while from Werribee. He's been on, on, on hold. Let's go to Vince on the final whistle. Good day, Vince, and welcome to the show. Boys, I've been well for 47 minutes, not long. That's, that's a long time. And you know what? We appreciate it very much. And thanks for your patience. I've been waiting because I've got two beautiful kids here. We're driving home. They're very happy for the game tonight. So now we've got a few things to say. The last time we won 6 one was against Adelaide United. And the merit was the catch. Tonight we'll put six parts on it. That was great. <laughs> now, so is that record change the game? Ross, based on ground. The last call I call in, A.C. Jajowski, supposed to be NPL player. I disagree. But I reckon, I want your opinion, Mahazi. I reckon he's an NPL player. What do you think? Well, it's interesting. Uh, Kevin Musket went out of his way in press conferences this week and also even prior to the game saying how impressed he was with Mahazi coming on last week. And I know he's been a bit of a target by victory players and not always in a positive way, uh, Mahazi. He's one of those guys that uh, I think the sport is either love or hate. And uh, you're not the first person, Vince, that's uh, come out and actually talked about the fact that you felt he's not good enough. But Kevin Muscat's right behind the kid and uh, he plays him. He certainly is a competitor in there and he gets stuck in. Uh, he probably went a little bit far and was a bit lucky tonight with uh, maybe not getting... Uh, more than just a yellow card. But, uh, look, he's a competitor in there. Kevin Musket loves him. And uh, I suppose if you, if, you're a, you know, if, you, if you are a supporter of Kevin Musket in the club, you've got to really trust his uh, judgment on it. It is interesting. You know, they came up against City, the second game in 10 days. Mahazi p- replaced Oli Bazanic last week and was combative. And then tonight, with Valeri not playing because of a sore hamstring, he brings Mahazi in. So, yep. clearly... He wants to put pressure on those midfield guys, probably not so much Valeri because of a replacement, but Mahazi certainly was put himself out there last week in the in the derby game. And in the end, I think teams reflect the way that coaches played and the way they want them to play. And I'm not surprised that Kevin Musket wants a guy who's going to get dirty and is competitive in the middle of the park like Mahazi. And I think there's something to be said for having him going forward. If he turns the ball over less, I think uh, he'll probably mm. win more support by some of the fans. Before you go there, Vince, yeah. uh, at, at their best... I don't want to say a few words here. It's okay or not? Well, was that yeah. sorry? Of course, yeah. yes. Let no, him, go, let go, him go speak, ahead. Carlos. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I'd like to say hi to Massimo and Bella because they're listening right now. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well done, boys. Well done. Before you go, Vince... Uh, who at their best would you go for Rojas or Barbarusas at their best? At the best, two years ago I would have said Barbarusas. Okay. But now I say right. Absolutely, mate. Yeah. And because you've waited on the line forty-five minutes, Vince, 
Rodrigo's got a present for you. Do you like Ange Postacoglu? Oh, yes. Okay. We, with thanks to Football Federation Victoria, it's your federation. Um, after that, you've been waiting for such a long time. We thought yes. we would give you Ange Postacoglu's book, Change the Game. And uh, it's a fantastic book and you'll uh, get great insights. Uh, so thanks for that, uh, Vince. Stay on the line. There's some true victory supporters there. Um, well done, Vince. And hey, thanks for your calls. So still call throughout the night. Uh, it's your show tonight, 9429-1116. Of course, uh, Football Federation Victoria's Community and Business Program. Go to communityandbusiness.com.au uh, and uh, sign up as a member for 2017. So there you go. Big night tonight. Melbourne Victory defeated Wellington Phoenix 6-1. It's um, in front of 20,113 people at Etihad Stadium. Um, Bessar Parisha scores a hat-trick. Uh, Rojas scores twice. Mitch Austin scores. And it, is, it was a procession. And Krishna scored a penalty for Wellington Phoenix. Big, big game. Lots of talking points. Um, before we go to the break, it's time for Carlos's Young Gun. I know you're going to dig this. Carlos's Young Gun. Carlos's uh, Young Gun is brought to you is by you again? the Northern Football Academy and St. Monica's College in Epping. Yes, and uh, and St. Monica's going to plough out, so, going to actually uh, manufacture so many of these type of players over the years because they're young guns who are going to school and getting uh, educated at the same time as being professional footballers. It opens in 2017 and they're open for enrolments right now. 94098800 or check them out. Uh, go to Google and check them out. And for me, the young gun tonight, and he's a 24-year-old. For me, that's still young in football terms. Middle-aged young gun. But he looks like he's 16. Marco ah. Rojas, fantastic, <laughs> uh, yeah, fantastic performance. And he, he just looks so young. Um, even after his time away backpacking in Germany, because he didn't play much over there. Uh, he uh, has come back here and he's just sort of now warming into it again. And I think by the end of the year, he's going to be the difference player for Melbourne Victory. So great job tonight. Um, Barisha was terrific, but Rojas has got that uh, little bit of something special about him. Barisha's too old for the young gun. <laughs> uh, with thanks to Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping. Uh, check them out. Uh, fantastic uh, uh, pitches and uh, you know they'll even take you overseas potentially if you're in years 10, 11 and 12 that's what it's for so uh, check them out uh, St Monica's College in Epping yes Warren? No it's a great school <laughs> and if their program if their academy is going to be as good as the school you're going to get the best of both worlds for say and I just think there needs to be some criteria set around Carlos's young gun because fair income he's going all over the place I would have thought you're only young when you're 22 or under, but that's all right. That's it's oh, his we'll segment. We'll talk about the criteria maybe in the break. It's his segment and he can do what he wants, but <laughs> all right, I would have thought so. Well, let's take a break now and come back with more of the final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Been a big night for Melbourne Victory fans on the final whistle. Uh, 6 1, Melbourne Victory defeated Wellington Phoenix, just in case you've joined us. There was a procession. Barisha scored a hat-trick. Rojas scored twice. And Austin scored. And Krishna scored for Wellington Phoenix. 20,113. Decent crowd. Uh, red card for Dylan Fox in the 59th minute from Wellington Phoenix. Um, he was always destined to get one of those tonight. <laughs> uh, long overdue by the time he went. We've had a stack of calls tonight. Really appreciate all of your calls. And uh, congratulations to our two prize winners. Hey, with thanks to FFE uh, Community and Business. Um, guys, just let's go through some text messages here on 0433981116. Just one here. What did you think of the crowd tonight? We weren't there, but just watching it seemed a lot less than a typical Victory Cup Eve-sized crowd and atmosphere. Sounded a lot quieter than usual also. They get, did you get that sense? They tend to get between 20 and 25 for the mm. Cup Eve. Great crowd, they? really. Yeah, but 20, 20 to 25? 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, so I think I, uh, last season was 22 Okay, you're going to get a couple of a discrepancy of a couple of thousand here and there. Uh, yeah, it was quiet. I think the Northern Terrace are protesting for some reason. I don't get it personally. They're protesting against themselves, aren't they? No, I think uh, I think there's something about having uh, – they're enforcing allocated seats. Now, I could be really wrong about that, but I just – I thought someone had said something to me about that. It's not really now, a that's significant stop issue, you, If that's going to stop you cheering – I don't understand what you're all about, really, to tell you the truth. If it stops you supporting your club because you're told that you've got an allocated seat, okay, I'm not part of an active fan group. I've never been part of an active fan group. I don't don't particularly care whether we have an active fan group. It won't make a difference to whether I watch a game or not. I still enjoyed the game as much as I've always enjoyed it. Um, If you love your team and you want to support the players, and that's what this is all about... uh, you either cheer or sit there. I don't care. Either I, way. I think the I think the leadership of the North Terrace have basically uh, put out a statement just saying that, you know, the, the, I'm going to use the word vibe, but, you know, the principles on which they were created have, have kind of changed and it doesn't feel um, as if they've got, you know, the, type, the, the ability and the freedom to, to express themselves like they used to. And, and that goes to, you know, uh, the police presence, the, you know, yeah. um, club enforcing what you've just talked about. Or, and the stadia and all that sort of thing. So it's just the vibe of the yeah. situation is very different and uh, they just don't want to, you know. But, but does it make any difference to me as a person no. watching the game? No. I'd like people to sing, but only if they want to. But I'm, I'm hoping that, Are they you know, still going? I'm, I'm hoping that they're still talking to the club and, and can work uh, out a way. Yeah, Are they still going? Personally, after all the stuff that happened last year, guys, um, I really, you know. As I get long, that. As long, I understand. As long as it's not breaking the law, they're not being antisocial, homophobic, or exactly. racist. Or, yep. You know, I don't, I don't really care if someone wants to sit there and not make a noise. It's not going to make a difference to me. I don't think it'll make a difference to anyone else. Uh, I don't want the club to, um, to actually compromise oh, uh, their antisocial, their no tolerance or zero tolerance on antisocial behaviour. So if they do come to, if they do have a conversation with them, and they come to some agreement. Uh, I'm really hoping that the zero tolerance will always be there. So you, you know, can't break the law at the end of the you day. You can't break the law, and flares are breaking the law. Uh, and, uh, and a lot of the other, you know, just not a lot of, just spots of behaviour here and there break the law, and the police have got to do something about it. So um, it doesn't make look. I know that other people say, oh, the atmosphere wasn't there; it's not as good. Fine, but for me, it makes no difference if no one makes a noise. Fair enough, Carlos. And uh, what about you, Vinny? You you missing the the action at the look, North Terrace? Look, I, I I'm I'm happy for every, everyone and anyone to go to the game. But uh, yeah, there there are rules that we've all got to respect, and so be it. Uh, I'm a little bit like Carlos. I go to the game to watch the game, and I, I love the noise in it. But it doesn't get me to to a game. I go to the game to see the players play good football. Like Vinny, I've watched games all over the world. I've watched uh, active supporters all over the world, and it's interesting. Before the game, watching something, but during the game, I think I could be at White Hart Lane, I could be at Upton Park, I could be in Italy, I could be in Greece in the first division games there where, you know, you multiply what happens here 10, 15, 20 times, it still makes no difference to my appreciation of what's happening on the ground. Whether those supporters did do what they do over there or not makes no difference to me. Everyone who goes to the game is an active supporter. Even if you're inactive, Warren, just sitting there watching. <laughs> Well, you're there, so you've actively got to the game. Anyway, that's, there was a bit of noise tonight. I heard noise on the telecast. Yeah, it sounded it, all right. It was yeah. it on him. For me, it was that, watching on TV. It was that looked absolutely fine. But um, hey, uh, here's from John in Port Melbourne. I learned Costas isn't worth 600 large a year, and Warren's bitterness just grows weekly. Who's that? 
uh, John in Port Melbourne. Oh, John, how you going, John? Good to have you on board. And I'm um, glad to see that you're being consistent. At least one text message bagging me every show. That's good. Just off the text message in light of what we've just been talking about, the North Terrace are the reason I fell in love with the victory. I, I like the football lots, but the noise is a huge draw card and nights without the Terrace are certainly not the same and inhibits my chances of going. All that said, they can't think uh, they're above the club as they are. Um, something needs to stop. Uh, well, that's go. that's my only concern because we've got another. And thank you for your text message, Carlos. Active fans shouldn't have allocated seats. I agree, but something's happened for them to have an allocated seat. I don't know enough about it. Everyone, I'm sure the active fans or Northern Terrace will have their their side of the story, and the people of who've imposed that uh, that restriction have their side of the story. I'm not interested in the story. To tell you the truth, I'm not interested because it's all about the club and the team and watching the game and enjoying that. Um, you know, what concerns me is sometimes you get a feeling that the active fans think, or some of them think, they're above what's on the field. It certainly has a feeling of yeah. the line in the sand yeah. moment for, for the club. But, uh, yeah, look, fair enough. Everyone's got opinions. And obviously the, this text message is, who's anonymous says they fell in love with victory because of it. So, you know, that atmosphere was important to them. So, look, I, mm. like I said earlier, I really hope they work it out and, and get that kind of support Right behind, uh, right behind all the clubs in the A League, but certainly Melbourne Victory, who are the really first big active yeah. active support. Hey boys, what we wanted to talk about now, and, and listeners, of course, nine four two nine eleven sixteen is Seb Pasquale um, going to well signing or just about to sign for AX in Amsterdam. Um, was the club blindsided here? Oh, look, it sounds like it sounds like they not that they were surprised because I've heard rumours about this for a while, but I didn't think. I think the club's surprised that he's going, uh, given that now he's breaking into the team and there's been a lot of rumours that he's been training the house down and that it was just a matter of time before Kevin Musket start, would start him in the first 11. Maybe, you know, may, it may even started tonight. Who knows? Carlos, explain the lure of going to AX. Yeah. What, what would he have been told? He, people yeah. would have known, like you said, so there would have been conversations with, yeah. with the lad. What, what happens is, obviously, young kids growing up, they want to... You know, especially the good kids, they they had the dream. The big dream is to play in Europe, the mecca of, of world football, and in one of the big leagues too. The stepping stone leagues these days, I mean, the big leagues are your EPL, Italy, Germany, and Spain. They're your big leagues. But these days, for an Australian young player with some talent, the stepping stone leagues is where you go. It, it, it's been this way for a while, but Holland hasn't always been a stepping stone league. That's always been, well, for a long time, that was a big league to go to. So but it's, it's become a stepping stone league with, with Belgium, Austria, Switzerland, and these sort of places. Now, obviously, you know, uh, Ajax is renowned as a, as a club that develops players and sells them on. Uh, they used to be a destination club. Now they're a selling club. And, of course, the big name of AX Amsterdam with Johan Cruyff, Jesper Olsen, all those big, big names. John Van Skip was there. Uh, that you know, There is a big lure as part of the dream, as a stepping stone of your own career, to go to a place like that. So I, I get all that. And there's player agents who in Australia, who I know a few of them, who actually have connections in these countries like Germany and, and Holland and Belgium, these sort of places. And they'll, they'll identify a 16, 17-year-old or a person who's at the, of the age where he can go overseas and play, uh, and they'll start talking to those people. And once you start tapping into that, I understand the lure. But when people say to me that, 
you know, it's good for our game here in this country for Seb Pasquale to leave here now as a 16, 17-year-old and go to Ajax and we won't see him for 15 years. I was really looking forward to watching him, to be Absolutely. honest. Absolutely. Mm. For, for the A-League, it's a disaster. For Melbourne Victory, it's a disaster. Anyone who paints it any other way has got a vested interest. Uh, we might get benefit as a country as a, when he's a socceroo, maybe, if he does become a socceroo. But right here and now, I want to see Seb, Italia, uh, Seb uh, Pasquale here in, in the A-League. And Melbourne Victory, I think, are very, very disappointed. They lost Thomas Steng the same way. And, yes, I understand a player and his family saying, it's good for me and it's good for my future. Yes, I get that. But don't tell me that it's good for the Carlos, game in this country. Would there have been a what's-the-rush conversation with him? I'm sh- Kevin Musket had a long and distinguished career over there. And he would have sat him down and talked about uh, the fact that Kevin actually left as a, as a person in his early 20s to go and play over in the English Premier League, uh, with Crystal Palace, I think his first club was. So he played in the underage teams for Australia, and I think he started playing for Australia, and he played for, it was at South Melbourne, and he ended up going as a, as a young 20-something. Uh, and I'm sure you would have had a chat to him about that. But there have been players like Tim Cale, Harry Kuehl, all went over as 16-year-olds. And they end up making it, you know, making it also. And that's what Seb Italia and these player agents that's would right. be saying to him. You could still make it as a 16, 17-year-old like Harry did and like, uh, like uh, someone like a Tim Cale. Yeah, and for the Harry Kuehls and the Tim Cales, I'll throw the Mark Vadukas and Brett Emmertons at you in terms of there's different strokes for different blokes yes. in terms of pathways. But I worry for the boy, Carlos. I worry that he's going to get lost over there. That, But you're assuming he's not good enough. No, I'm not assuming he's not good enough. I'm, wor- I'm, I'm assuming that you've got the opportunity to grow and develop in senior football here in Australia in what is not a poor quality league anymore. It's a quality competition. I mean, Pasquale really came to prominence through his pre-season games early on where he's playing high-class opposition in pre-season friendlies, give or take. But I worry about him getting lost. You know, we see often young guys go over. I mean, Rojas is not a similar case because he went over there as an 18 or 19-year-old, but off a great season, gets lost because of a couple of injuries and finds himself Back in Australia, re-establishing his career, I just can't see... But that's part of your career path, Warren. I mean, you can also go like Timmy Cale and within five years or six years become an EPL star also. Tommy Rogic with the Nike Academy went over there and suddenly he's a star with Celtic and he's got, you know, there's no end to where he can end up. So, look, I won't argue one way is better than another because we've seen examples of both and there's been successes on both sides. But this argument, that if we let a 16-year-old kid or a 17-year-old kid go and it's good for us, no, it's not. Until he starts playing for the Socceroos regularly, it's not good no, for us. I would agree with you. Mm. And the rush, Warren, is uh, he's a 16-year-old until uh, next week when he's a 17-year-old. So, um, <laughs> And apparently uh, if, if, um, A-League clubs can't sign... Uh, 16-year-olds to professional contracts so until, until they're 17. So he's got a week. Mm. He's got a week left. So um, that was the rush. I just worry about the best interests of the kid sometimes being caught up in the, the glamour, the reputation of the, of the manager or the agent who gets him to that location and, you know, the promotion that comes on the pack of where he goes to school and the program that he's involved and he's going there at a certain time and... Is it in his best interests? 
Not even sure. Do you know what I remember? I remember we interviewed Adrian Leia once and he'd gone to Fulham and he was just telling us how he was just stuck in his motel room counting the bricks. And so the glamour of playing overseas sometimes isn't matched by the reality of all the other stuff that happens at the same time. So, yeah, look, one way or another, the kid's going to grow. So I, I wish him luck. He's a great player. We don't want to waste waste his talents. We want to see him again. That's all. He's a great kid. And, and, and as I said, for the player, it's great. For the family, it's great. For the player agent, it's great. And maybe for AX, it's great. But for me, Melbourne victory are the losers here in big way in the A-League is also. Just uh, off the SMS... Uh, uh, at uh, Randy Buck, um, Pasquale is joining AX World Class Youth System. I love victory in the A League, but Seb will be a much better player for it. Well, I hope so for his sake, but for Melbourne Victory's sake, it's a huge loss, huge disappointment. And I wonder if one day they will take a stand because it's an asset that they've got, who would have been a mainstay of this team, and they need someone like this kid uh, in this team. Um, I wonder whether they'll make a stand as A-League clubs will make it tougher for young kids to go in the future because they are losing out. They lost Thomas Deng already and they've lost Seb uh, Pasquale. Anyway, good luck to the kid. I'll be keeping an eye on him though, Carlos, because uh, uh, just watching him you know, in the early part of this season um, and p- before the season, as Warren said, uh, looks like he's got a bit of talent. Seb Pasquale signed for Ajax in Amsterdam. Might be seeing us, him in the A-League for a little while. I don't we might not see him for 15 years. That's right. Let's take just, a break. Uh, just one tip. Seb, stay away from the red light district. It's <laughs> That's right. no place for kids. Mate, he's only 16. Hash cookies. Yes. Keep away from Keep them. Keep away from those. We can talk about <laughs> Go Go and buy some clogs. <laughs> go and see the Anne Frank. Yeah. Tulips. Yeah. Yeah. Tulips yeah. are good. Yeah. yeah. Go to the windmills. <laughs> yeah. Ride a bike. You can yeah. ride a lot yeah. of those. Yeah. Um, Let's take a break now and come back with more of the final whistle on 11.16 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. On 11.16 SEN, the Four Diegos. Thanks for joining us on the final whistle tonight. Melbourne victory defeated Wellington Phoenix 6-1 emphatically there tonight. Uh, just in case you didn't know, Barisha scored a hat-trick tonight. Two, two of them were penalties. Rojas scored as well. It's, yes. not a hat- it's not a real hat-trick. Well, it's a, it's a hat-trick. Uh, it's three goals, but it's not a real hat-trick. Well, why not? Because it's not field goals. Okay, there you go. There's Warren it's just... not a fact. It's clearly not a fact because it is a hat-trick. But in my opinion, a field goal hat-trick is a real hat-trick. Okay. And you don't agree with offside, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> there are many things. Let's not get into that. Rojas scored a, a double and Austin you scored. Krishna scored for Wellington Phoenix at Etihad Stadium in front of 20,113. Uh, Wellington Phoenix went down to 10 men in the 59th minute uh, when Dylan Fox was sent off. Unfairly. They could have played 20 men tonight and they would have lost 6-1. <laughs> Absolutely. Dylan Fox probably could have gone much sooner than that too, just quietly. <laughs> he was putting in the hard tackles. Yep. Just off the text messages uh, here as we were talking about Seb Pasquale going off to AX in Amsterdam. Chriso, if I'm 17, I'm not smelling the tulips. <laughs> Fair enough, Chriso. We actually talked a bit about that off air. Um, I'm a victory supporter. This is from Sam in Parkdale. I'm a victory supporter and not disappointed one bit. Good on him. If he's good enough, good enough, which we've uh, clearly seen glimpses that he is, then go. Sam in Parkdale. No question about the young kid going. As a personal career decision, um, maybe talked into it, wooed by other people. Wooed. Like, whatever it is, okay, you're fulfilling your dream. But I've had people say to me that it's good for our game. It's not good for our game. Unless he becomes a star in the Socceroos, it's not good for our game. 
No, look, that's I, all I'm saying. Oh, it's absolute. I mean, no, no, I don't think anyone can argue oh, with that. I've right, had people right say to, I've had player agents say to me, "We're doing it for the good for for good of our game." Well, well, like you said, if he plays for the Socceroos, I wish people would be honest and saying, "I'm doing it like, for the good of my back pocket." You know, Simon's story went overseas. We never saw him again. He backpacks right throughout <laughs> Europe. He never came. Once he, they go, they don't come been back. been on the Kentucky tour, Vinny? <laughs> yeah. They're good fun. Yeah. The 21 day. Anyway. Have you got stories, Rodrigo? No, not not at all. Um, hey, look, we've uh, a bit of bit of information here off the text messages and, you know, kind of calling into question. Yeah. Um, you know, it's quite quite strange after a 6-1 victory to Melbourne victory, calling into question uh, Kevin Musket and uh, whether, you know, he might have been one of the reasons that, you know, guys like Seth Pasquale don't want to play there or, you know, that's speculation, of course, because it's coming off the text messages. But um, look, looking at Kevin Musket myself, I think he's quite an impressive coach. He, he you know, obviously, there are obviously a lot of players that want to play for him. What do you think? Well, I was going to say, I mean, are victory fans ever happy? I mean, fair income. <laughs> I mean, Kevin Musket's record as a young coach is outstanding. You've is ca- outstanding. Ca- what, what are you, He's a far better coach than he ever was is, a player. This is big. No, let, let him speak. This is big, Carlos. Let, I go, know. Go, keep going. But this Kevin, is almost Donald Trump-like. No, no, You're no. a very confusing man. No, no, I've never had a go <laughs> at Kevin Musket. Kevin Musket. Never, ever, You've ever. called for his sacking time and time I, I again. I pardon. His behaviour towards I've referees. I've said Kevin Musket was a better coach than he ever was a player. I've been consistent with Trumpy. that. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think the way that he carries on the with regards to referees <laughs> is appropriate. But his record as a coach, this victory fans talk. are always unhappy with something. They just have an opinion. Oh, they've got an opinion. They're like noses, Carlos. Everyone has one, but that doesn't mean it's right. Look, Kevin, the stuff. players don't want to play for Kevin Musket. Okay, so why did Marco Rojas come back to victory to restart his career? That would be my argument you know, too. Oli Bazanic comes back to Australia. Um, Barisha moves from Brisbane where he won about 47 titles and wants to play at Melbourne Teresi Victory. comes back. Teresi comes back after leaving and coming back. I mean, fair income. Who is that bloke? Seth Pasquale, he'll come they're back. They're allowed to have opinions, Warren. Yeah, not if they're wrong, Carlos. Well, you don't know where... Look... It wasn't the, just the, one. It was a, it, how it many three or four. names? No, the, the no quick, they're anonymous. No, they're anonymous. Of course but, they are. But the question is, uh, some of these, what they're intimating is that Seb and maybe some other young guys Who? might move on. Sorry, that, Melbourne Victory lose no more young players than what any other club does. And you know the reason well, why Thomas we know Sting's about gone. these on, players because they pl- get Thomas played Sting, by Kevin Musket. Thomas Sting's gone. Well, Scotty Calloway. I'm not sure what happened there. He probably maybe I don't know if he got cut or he just moved on. Uh, and now Seb Pasquale. But now, the reason why we is, know them. Suggestion is that the development might be stymied a little bit at victory compared to these other places, right? Mm. Now, for me, I don't know. I've never been coached by Kevin Musket. I don't know, right? Especially if, as a 15, 16-year-old, I've never been coached. But, but <laughs> Thomas Deng was playing as a centre-half That's the reason Darby's. why we know them, because he plays them. Well, he was playing in derbies, as an 18-year-old, I think his debut was in a derby. It was. 40,000 people. And acquitted himself really well. Surely, sure, for me, on the surface of things, that surely that's a great development you know, mm. uh, experience for him. Uh, but I was told by his player agent that uh, it, he'll, get better, he'll get better as a footballer by being in the youth system at PSV and, and running around in their, their equivalent state leagues with the PSV second division or third division. I don't Look, that... Going back to the original point, you asked me a direct question. Has it got anything to do with Kevin Musket? 
No, it shouldn't. And the reason why we know Pasquale, the reason why we know Deng, is because Kevin Muscat's been prepared to give him a go, where in all honesty, in other systems, you know, they don't get a go. Why does Mitch Austin want to come from, well, maybe because he wants to go from a basket case football club at the moment to a decent one, but he chooses victory. And I reckon Mitch Austin would have had every team in the A-League coming after him. So it's got nothing to do with Kevin Muscat because it can't mean more money because everyone's got a salary cap. So in this instance... I'm loath to give victory any praise. You know that, Carlos. But in this instance, get off Kevin Muscat's back. Fair enough. Yeah. Hey, um, so look, we've got a, a couple of minutes left. Uh, <laughs> what, a, what a load of rubbish. You constantly talk about victory. 25,000 can't be wrong, not just 10,000. That's thanks from Paul. Don't? Yeah, but not 25,000. Oh, here we go. Like, they're saying 25,000 yeah, yeah, want yeah. to get rid of Musket. I no, don't believe that. No, I, think, no. I think what's no, great no, about victory fans... Yeah, it's having a crack at crowds. And I tell yeah. you what, you know? No, I, I think what's great about victory fans, they're just so diametrically opposed in opinion sometimes. Some love Barbarossa. It's a broad church. Head. It's a broad yeah, church. Oh, absolutely. And I just love the fact that they've all got their own really, really solid and firm opinion that they can argue. And it could be so poles apart from each other. Uh, but I like that because that's what this is all about. We're all talking about the game. We're all arguing about it. And uh, as long as you're respectful about the whole thing, and and it's all good. To tackle the crowd thing because it was going to come up at some stage. You know, this we've got a bit, we've got more supporters than you, and we get more people. You know what? Victory are clearly the most supported and best and most loyal supporters in the competition, no doubt. And for the person talking about ten thousand at Melbourne City, well, it's about the same average as what you know. It's in the top. Four or five. It's as many as Brisbane's getting and whatever, and the crowd's building. And you you're talk about, about to start crying now. No, I'm not. No, no, oh. no need to start crying. Well, hey, there's a big game, big game next week. Um, Melbourne Which Victory one? go to. Well, let's talk about Melbourne Victory oh. versus Sydney FC. It's their night. We've got worry. about a, we've got about a minute uh, minute to go. So I reckon there'll be a shock. No, actually, it's not a shock for me. <laughs> Victory will go there and beat Sydney. You watch. They I will. I personally think that. Sydney are on the par, on a par with Melbourne City, so victory have no, got no chance of winning. They're not playing. Sydney are, no just, chance. are just a tough team no to beat dis- at the moment. No disrespect. Well, it is disrespectful to say they've got <laughs> no chance. I understand that, but Sydney are winning. No, there's something building at victory. There's momentum. No, there is definitely. But, uh, Carlos, you've got to agree that Sydney have improved. Yeah, they've improved, and uh, there's no sameness about them. <laughs> no, there's no, no, no. <laughs> they've, they've changed their personnel, but there's a sameness about the way they're playing. Uh, they're, they're tougher to beat, granted, but it's a long season, and I'm just waiting for them to capitulate at some stage. But they're not playing great football for me, and that's why I think Melbourne victory, especially if Troisi, you know, is playing some of his best football. Barisha, get some of those boys involved, and uh, and Rojas, I think they can they can trouble Sydney. Well, thanks very much there, gents. It's been a big, big show. Melbourne victory defeating Wellington Phoenix 6-1 tonight in front of 20,113 people at Etihad Stadium. Thanks for your calls and thanks for your text messages until Wednesday night. Remember, Cuddleosh. We're Puerto Rican girls. Hang out. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We'll be Samba, Rumba and La Bamba. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We're there girls with fruit on their head and balls of their feet. We'll, we'll be there. Wherever Gringos play football. We'll, we'll be there. there. We are the Four Diegos. Ole! Ole!